welcome to With All My Heart, a podcast hosted by Joanna Kobernat, pastor's wife at Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. This podcast is designed to help ladies of all ages with the principles of the Word of God. In this podcast, we will explore what it means to love God with all our hearts. Through Bible lessons, we will discover how to deepen our relationship with the Lord and experience His love in a more personal way. As we journey together, let's open our hearts to the unchanging truths of God's Word. Thank you so much for joining us for another broadcast of With All My Heart. And I am always so honored and humbled that you would listen in. And I also wanted to say something I have not really mentioned it on here yet, but I wanted to thank so many of you that have read the book that I wrote about my mom. And it seems like that not hardly a day goes by that somebody's reaching out to say that the Lord has used it. And that just warms my heart and I'm so thankful for that. My mom was an incredible lady, but she lived a very ordinary life. She just lived it in an extraordinary way. And shortly after she passed, I found myself just frantically trying to remember all of the things that she had taught me. And then especially once I had children, even more so. But even before that happened, before I had kids, I started writing things down and just writing the lessons down that she had taught me over her life. And I'm sure maybe some of it was a form of uh, you know, grieving. But anyway, I'd, I'm, as my husband has mentioned or told you all already, you know, I had did that for several years and then I set it aside. And then finally between my husband and my brother Joseph, they said, we need to get this done. And so we did it this past year and I've just been so humbled and so amazed at how the Lord has just given his confirmation for it. And I know it's not about me. I just want to give him all the glory, but thank you for those of you that have let me know that it has been a blessing. And um, I think often of that phrase that though she be dead, though she be gone, she, her life still speaks. And I know my, my mom's life is still speaking through me and in my life every day. And it has been such an honor to share the, some of the things she taught me with you all. So I love you and I look forward to course to seeing you every service and thank you for being faithful and thank you for being there and thank you for being my friend. Um, I always look forward to the times that we have together, but I'm excited about being with you today. We are going to go to 2 Kings 4 and we're going to talk about a Shunam the Shunammite lady um, that we find there who made us place for the prophet in her house and that's where the term prophet's chambers come from. Um, but before we get to that, I'm going to tell you a story of my own, and then I'm going to tell you how the Lord used something from this lady's life, this woman's life, to teach a lesson to me. It's probably been about five or six years ago, but there was one night that I woke up in the middle of the night, and it was about 2.30 in the morning, and I thought surely I was dreaming, but I thought I had heard a knock at the door. And I started to get out of bed, and my husband kind of roused around a little bit and he said, what's going on? And I said, I think somebody's knocking at our door. And he said, no, it was probably just one of the kids up. Well, about that time, we heard it again. But the thing that was scary to me was it was a very soft, almost a timid knock at the door on our front door. Well, I don't know about you, but if somebody's knocking on my door at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, there better be an emergency for it. There better be a good reason. And I would expect somebody to be banging on the door. But it was just a soft knock, almost like they were trying to check to see if anybody was up. Well, I just froze. So immediately my husband started getting out of bed. 
and he stepped outside of our bedroom door and he looked right down the stairs and right down the stairs he could see through the windows of the front door and he could see that there was someone moving around outside the door and of course I'm panicking already just at that and um, my husband said Joanna he said go to the go to the closet and he said get the shotgun out he said I'm gonna stand right here and keep watching well I went to the closet and I got the shotgun and um, it was in the case and so I took it into our adjoining bathroom and I started trying to get it out of the case and I was just a mess my hands were shaking so bad I um, I couldn't even get anything at all he said well hang on a minute he said I'll be right there but in the meantime I started to unzip the case and when I did I was holding it up off the ground and the shotgun dropped out of the case and so he said Joanna what is going on in there and I said it's okay it's okay so well you come stand here he said I'll come take care of the gun that was probably the smartest thing he said so I went in I went and I stood at the top of the stairs and I'm listening and he's in there getting the gun loaded and all of a sudden I could hear them pulling on our back door and the door is rattling and it's banging and I'm just I'm panicking I'm thinking this is for real somebody is really trying to break in and then about that time we hear the back door of our sunroom burst open and we can hear people talking and I said Jeremy they're in the house and there's more than one of them he said well come here he said you, you gotta call 911 so he went back to the top of the stairs and I went in the bathroom and I start trying to call 911 and I could not even punch the numbers on it I was just panicking I mean I've watched way too many true crime stories and let me just tell you that all of the feelings that you think you would feel and the horrible fear it's real and I was feeling that and I couldn't punch the numbers and he's in there and Jeremy's at the top of the stairs and he's hollering at the top of his lungs get out get out of the house now but the more he hollers it and the louder he gets the more we can hear them still coming through the house and I'm crying and I'm trying to tell the dispatcher our address and I just I was a ball of nerves I so much of it is a fog to me and we can hear him coming through downstairs and then I hear my husband's say, voice say Joanna it's okay it's our neighbor and I said well I don't care if it's our neighbor why are they still in the house and I couldn't figure out why my husband hasn't shot yet if there's somebody in our house well long story short he told later how that he kept hollering get out get out of the house now and then he saw a figure at the bottom of the stairs and he saw the hand go up on the knob of the the bottom of the stair railing and then as he turned the corner he told me he said Joanna he said I could tell it was an older man and that older man our older neighbor looked straight into the eye straight into the barrel of our double shotgun and came walking up the stairs straight into the shotgun to where my husband had to put the shotgun aside and take the older man by the shoulders and turn him around and lead him downstairs well we called the police our police department was wonderful I think they were at our house in less than three minutes and um, they tried to help the man they end up having to take him into social services he was in the beginning of dementia and we figured out what happened but after all of that I was just a barrel of nerves we were trying to figure out how we got in the house um, the store has long been since fixed but we had a door that we found out later um, he was able to just bust his way through and um, I was a mess I don't think I slept anymore the rest of the night but all I could think about was, first of all, I looked at my husband, I said, how did you not shoot? And he said, well, Joanna, he said, I could tell he was an older man. He said, I could tell that we weren't really in danger. And I kept saying, Jeremy, don't you understand? I said, most people don't have that presence of mind in the middle of all of that chaos, in the middle of that, that level of fear to be able to rationally think through. I said, how was it you didn't shoot? And all I could think was, Lord, thank you. 
that my husband did not shoot that older man. I, I couldn't help but think about what that would have done for my husband. For, well, first of all, the man, his life would have been lost. He has since passed on and we pray that he's in heaven. We tried to witness to him several times. But I could, all I could think about was um, if he had shot him, what that would have done for that poor man and that poor man's family. What that would have done for my husband and his ministry or our church people here, what that would have done in our home and our children to have the loss of that poor man's life. And all I could think was, thank you, Lord. My husband was going to be leaving the next day for a trip and I just shuddered to think, what if, what if I had been there by myself? And I know I would have not reacted with the discipline, with the wisdom, with the balance that he did. I was here dropping the shotgun out onto the floor. I couldn't even think of hardly to tell my address to the dispatcher. I was a barrel of nerves. I was everything you shouldn't be in a crisis. That was me. And then I look over at my husband. Now, he says he wasn't, but I tease him and I say that the more stressful a situation is, I think the more calm and the more of a presence that my husband's able to show and a calm demeanor. And you know, I, get, I kept thinking about that. I thought, how was it he was able to be so calm and my husband did everything exactly right and I did everything exactly wrong. And I came to the conclusion that it's because my husband practices every day such balance, um, such discernment, such wisdom, that then when he was in the middle of that situation, that that still came through. And um, I come from a family that is very high strung and um, I was telling my, my dad and my my siblings about it and they all said, well, thank the Lord Jeremy is a Cobernat and not a Brown because Browns, um, it would have ended quite differently. But I am so thankful that in the middle of a horrible situation, he showed balance, he showed restraint, he showed a calm. And then I was reading the story then, I was thinking about that when I was reading the story of the Shunammite la the lady and I've always been so intrigued, just so mystified, you know it if you've read it, about how that she had prepared a place for the prophet and his servant, a prophet Elisha and his servant Gehazi to stay with him, to stay with them whenever he would pass by. And she had shown such kindness to him that finally the prophet said to his servant, he said, what should we do for this lady? He said, um, you know, should we give her a, a, a position? Should I speak to the king on her behalf? Should I give her riches? And she said, no, I'm happy right where I'm at. And her, his servant Gehazi said she has no child. And so Elisha said to her, she said, he said, you're going to have a child. And the Shunammite lady, she looked at him and she said, oh, please don't lie to me. She said, um, she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. That was probably what she wanted more than anything in the world. I can relate to that. You all know my story. I was married for nine and a half years. We couldn't have children. We had many miscarriages. And I remember what it was like when I found out I was expecting not just one baby, but, twin, but twins. And there was a part of me that says, Lord, please don't tease me with this. If this is not going to really happen, I can't stand for my hopes to get up. And that was the way it was with the Shunammite lady. But sure enough, after a while, she had her little boy. And the Bible says that it fell on a day that when the child was grown, it fell on a day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And his father said, he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And they brought him to his mother. And it says, and when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees until noon and he died. So this lady is holding her baby, her child, in her arms. And this little boy dies in her arms. I can't even begin to imagine that. Sometimes when we're reading the stories of the Bible, do we really stop and think about what it was like for these people that were living this? And I thought what that was like for this woman that was living that. She, her child died in her arms. 
And the Bible doesn't say that she started screaming or she started railing against God or she started doing any of those things. It says she went up and she laid him on the bed of the man of God and she went out of the room and it says, and she shut the door upon him and she went out. And then she called unto her husband and said, send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again. And this is what's interesting to me. It says, and he said, wherefore you go, will thou go to him today? For it is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And this is what she said. I can't even tell that she told her husband that her son had died. But she said, it shall be well. And I think about what it was like for that mother. Here she is at a crisis, a terrible time in her life. Her son that she had prayed for, her son that she wanted was dead. She had laid him on the bed of the prophet and she went out, she closed the door and she said, I'm going to get the prophet. I'm going to get the man of God. And when her husband said, why are you going today? She said, it shall be well. What a challenge. Would I be able to say that? And then that's what she did. It says, and she came to the man of God on the hill. She caught him by the feet. But Gehazi, that's the servant, came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord hath hid it from me and hath not told me. And she told him what had happened. And he told his servant, he told him to go. He said, Gird up your loins. He said, Take my staff in thine hand. And he said, Go thy way. He said, If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if they salute thee, answer him not again. And lay my staff upon the hand of the child. So he sent a servant, Gehazi. But you know what that mother did? She fell on her face. It, it said that she caught him by the feet. And then in verse number 30, it said, The mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So I don't know whether Elisha planned to go with her before, but he arose and he followed her. And it talks about how that Elisha went back and he went in and he raised that boy from the dead. But what is so intriguing to me and what is so really mystifying to me and such a challenge is what that mother said. It said, it shall be well. I don't know about you, but I do pretty good when everything's going great. But what happens when things go wrong? You know, we all have those times when our world comes crashing down around us. You've got calls like that. You've had days like that. I remember days like that. I remember when I got the call that my mother just had a few weeks to live or she was going to die of cancer. I can still remember getting the call from my husband when he called and told me that they had just found his father and he was gone. He was dead. And he died of a massive heart attack. And all of a sudden, our world changed in a heartbeat. We all have times like that. But what are we going to do when that happens? How are we going to, are we going to still be real in our faith? And I thought about this woman. I thought about this mother. I thought about how was she able to say, it shall be well. And there was a few things that stood out to me. I saw first that she was a woman of perception. Long before she ever lost her son, long before she ever had a son, the Bible says that she was a great woman. The Bible says that she perceived who the man of God was. And then she prepared a place for him. She sought out, she had her priorities right. She sought out the influence and the presence of God in her life through his man and his prophet. And his prophet. And then whenever tragedy struck her home, she knew where to find help. You know, sometimes, especially in today's world, we're guilty of going to social media. We're guilty of going to another blog. You know what? This podcast, I'm glad if it can be an encouragement to you, but this podcast could never be a replacement for the Word of God. 
when tragedy strikes. But long before that, we have to have buried our hearts and our souls. We have to have sought him with all of our heart. So when tragedy strikes our lives, that we know where to go, that we know where to find God. And she knew straight where to find him. She knew where to go. She practiced restraint and she showed patience. You know, I couldn't help but think about the difference between this woman and Job's wife. You know, Job's wife went through a lot. She lost her children too. She lost everything. And yet when Job was saying, though he slay me, I will still trust him. Job's wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? And sometimes if I'm not careful, when everything breaks loose, if I don't show restraint with my words, I can tear everything up. But this woman didn't do that. In the middle of everything, I don't know how. I don't know. She didn't know how it was going to turn out. But she still said, it shall be well. And then I, I see that she was persistent in her faith. She kept hanging on to what she knew was right. She kept hanging on to what she believed in. I love the way when it says that she caught the man of God by his feet. She caught him. It says that when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. And when he, they, the servant tried to thrust him away, the man of God said, let her alone for her soul is vexed within her. She wasn't letting go. And then when Elisha sent his servant, he said, you go. He said, you go see to the child. That mother, she kept a hold of it. And she said, I'm not leaving. And there needs to be some times in our life when our world is falling apart and we come to the Lord and we say, Lord, I am not leaving until you work a miracle. I am not leaving until you intercede on behalf of our loved ones, on behalf of our children. And that's what we have to do as mothers, as wives, as women of God. And so I challenge you today, when you get those calls, when you have those moments that your whole world is falling apart, let us say it shall be well, not because of us, but because we can have faith in our God that we've trusted in the good times. We can have faith that he will pull us through the bad times and that he will be there for us and he will work things out as only he can. So trust him today. Seek him today with all your heart and know that it shall be well. Thank you so much for joining us again today. I look forward to being with you again next week. Thank you for listening to With All My Heart, a ladies devotional podcast with Joanna Coburnett. We hope that you have been encouraged and challenged to deepen your love for Christ and be more like Him today. God loves us, and we should love Him in return. Until next time, keep seeking Him with all your heart.